Welcome to Checkmates Go, Season 2, Episode 20. Today I'm talking with Thomas Poole, one of our global security architects here at Checkpoint. We talk about some of the common areas where customers can improve their security posture. And it seems that from when I was doing security architecture workshops back in the day, uh, hasn't changed too much. These are still areas that customers can improve. And so uh, so I asked Thomas what those were, and we, we go over them one by one. Okay, so, you know, our areas of capture are about 18 different areas when we do a, an enterprise security workshop. So when we're talking about Infinity, without getting too deep into the cloud, which was covered some previously, uh, we do see some recurring themes. And, and I would put that into what I call five categories. And, and typically, I, this is what I see over and over again. And, and uh, I would say probably out of my last 20 or so workshops, out of the 15 or so I've done a year, uh, most of them include this. So number one is zero break, zero day protections at the uh, at the perimeter. So we, if you look at security as a as an onion pill model, uh, it's really important to understand where your security challenges lie. Right. Um, uh, when I say zero day, um, specifically this category is SSL decryption at the perimeter. In other words, for ingress or egress traffic in or out of the network. So what that means is, uh, let's say you have every feature turned on whatever firewall you happen to have. Checkpoint, pan, whatever else. If you're not doing SSL decryption, then what that means is you're only able to inspect at maximum on the specific certificate if you're doing SSL Lite. Uh, what that also means is, regardless if you have a check mark beside IPS or uh, threat extractions or, or any kind of threat prevention or anything else, it's only looking at HTTP traffic or what I would call non-encrypted traffic. So what that means is, and I have to explain this to, to customers often, uh, is that even though you feel protected because all these things are checked and you're looking, if you really truly go and look at traffic, you will see some things being blocked. Uh, occasionally there are HTTP downloads, but uh, Google has a uh, kind of a slide rule that they've used uh, to measure web, and they do this based on fetching web pages. And the slide rule has gone from over the last 10 years, 60%, and we're, we're moving up towards the 80% of all egress web traffic is encrypted. That means is what your users in your enterprise are sending egress to the internet. You don't have the ability to one inspect, understand what that file or traffic is, and take actions on what that is. So that's number one, Damon. And I'd also say to that, uh, you don't know what kind of data is being transmitted either. So let's so take it a, a, a step further and say, okay, well, yeah, we we may we you may we may know that you're connecting to a malicious site, but we don't know what kind of data is being exfiltrated. Uh, if if we can see with HTTPS inspection and therefore can look inside the traffic, then we can potentially do uh, we can we can see okay that this is the kind of data they're exfilling or and, and prevent that also even if, even if we don't necessarily know that it's malicious if we if we have a policy that says we can't uh, send this data out of the organization, then we can actually prevent that. And and yeah, that's that's something people I, I think don't realize when we start talking about um, 
No, wait, you know, with, with, well, when you enable HTTPS inspection, it, it enables, uh, yeah, it, it enables some stuff, uh, and makes, makes some, makes those protections work better. But, uh, it's, uh, but yeah, it also gives you visibility into the data, which, uh, can't be, uh, ignored in this case. Correct. So when I look at number two, kind of out of the top five things that we see, because of the lack of SSL inspection, um, a lot of my customers, and this kind of goes into the internet, right? This is, looking at egress traffic, um, there's a bit of comfort. Uh, there's other, uh, I have a lot of customers that pay a lot more money for DLP products, uh, and they may be using like WCCP um, or other types of technology or proxies that really aren't producing that type of threat prevention. Whether it's zero day or, uh, another example is this, uh, they have a URL filtering, app control, whatever product you might have in place uh, to filter, let's say, for uh, what I call data loss. Uh, that would be a Dropbox. Now, some customers have Dropbox for business, Box for business, other things like that. But you can't just go into a policy and block, especially with products that run on the prim or on the desktop or the endpoint level, play man in the middle and keep those customers, or what I saw, call employees, from uh, getting that traffic outside your network. What that means is you don't know what your risk is. A known known is the fact that you're not doing SSL inspection. So the known unknown is who is releasing data inside your network because of your lack of visibility and lack of visibility to get to that. So I call that number two is comfort in, hey, I may not have SSL inspection, but I've got a great URL filtering or application control policy in place where it really isn't as effective because it may only look at the certificate but not the data. So that really is number two, Damon. Yeah, and and, and again, it, there's there's ways of uh, getting visibility out on the endpoint, right? Which I, which I know is going to be one of your next things. You d- you need to have that visibility into where data you know where data is going once it's you know what, and, and the only way you can see that is to have is to have those controls and to be able to s- use those controls effectively, with, which you know seen seen inside the encryption, so to speak. Yeah, I, I will get to endpoint in a moment. I think it's one other important item to to mention what I call private cloud. A lot of customers consider it the keys to their castle. It's where the database, middleware, anything other than the DMZ exists. So if you draw a line outside the perimeter of their network and and anything south of that, which would be SAP servers, anything on site, VMware, etc., I'm seeing really three different types of protection. And remember, these are in many companies where they haven't moved to cloud uh, which was covered uh, to some depth with JP in a different podcast. But but on-premise, I'm seeing three different things. One, uh, because I have hosts internally and a lot of MPLS sites, I'm just going to let the traffic in and let Windows or basic other authentication take care of it and not looking at doing prevention with, with identity awareness or other types of controls inside what I call private cloud. Uh, so the biggest challenge here that I'm seeing is customers take one of three ways. One, I'm going to have a flat network because firewalls get in the way and they cause trouble. That's great. Those are customers that slide more towards the, I want to make sure we have access, but prevention causes downtime or has it moved into the comfort level of producing uh, uh, some sort of uh, 
approach that that guards the most precious uh, what I call keys to the castle. Number two is they'll use a firewall and or what I call nexus is some sort of switching effort, VXNet, something in place that would separate these lands, but really doesn't deal with what I want to call number three, which is in a private cloud micro-segmentation. And here's the challenge. You've got an app server, typically in an agile development. You've got a web server that comes into the DMZ. It's inspected. Fine. Uh, the query comes in and goes through an app server, maybe. But typically, it goes into one of what I call test, dev, UAT, and production. Right? So what I'm not seeing here is this. Protection, and this is what we're really pushing now, is protection within the same VLAN. Because viruses move laterally. Devices get hacked laterally. It happens in the cloud, and it happens on-premise, and that's the challenge, is getting customers to truly understand, and even though it is one of the more expensive options, the keys to your castle must be protected, and you must do it from one server to another. Micro-segment, meaning that inspection needs to occur, like in VMware, at the NSX or NSXT level, or needs to happen at the controller level or the ACI level where that's being done. Um, and so that's quite, happening quite often as well, uh, Damon. The way I look at it, and, the, and I've said this before, is that uh, where we used to put protection oftentimes is the middle of the network because that's where we had control. Um, now I think we don't have as much control over the middle of the network anymore. And so um, you know, in that, in that environment, then uh, you kind of have to go back to the defense and depth strategy where every, every uh, asset has its own protection that's appropriate for the assets that are on, you know, that are, that are relevant to that particular host or whatever, where, whatever is hosting it. Uh, and that's, and that's, you know, you got to have multiple layers of protection and, and yes, segmentation, you know, either micro or, you know, or macro segmentation, if you will. Um, all of those things are important, but uh, they're, they're, you have to understand, you know, what options are available given where you're at and, uh, you know, or where the stuff is. And then, you know, based on that, you can you can deploy the right tools. But it's understanding the goal is to is to protect that stuff. And so that and, and, and what can you do? And that's uh, I think that'll probably lead you into the next one. Yeah. And again, this is really key, especially with migrations to cloud, making sure that, that, that on-premise uh, devices are protected. So the last two really deal with what I call um, the assets that uh, could be anywhere. Um, first one I'll touch on is endpoint, right? Uh, a lot of customers um, see endpoint and don't quite understand the challenges. And here are some of the things that I see with endpoint. So when I say the endpoint, it means something that you have issued to a user that might be a desktop laptop, something that contains your internal data that will or could be taken off-premise or is utilized on-premise. And so when we look at the, uh, again, onion mill, uh, onion pill uh, uh, protections, right? Perimeter, uh, Starbucks, wherever they might be. So protections on the device itself are key. And I see customers quite often using what I call a, we got to do it now or pass an audit. And this sometimes introduces complexities. Now, life isn't perfect, and security got to a point for a customer after decisions have been made and, and certain things. So I'll see products like the default uh, Bitdefender or quite often a, a antivirus that's in place for a customer, and they're totally fine with that, not understanding that many antiviruses don't offer ransomware protections. They get their signatures downloaded. So without having protections at the perimeter, 
and protections at the endpoint. We have products like Sandblast, but there's others as well. Um, it's very important that zero-day protections exist, are measurable, and can be contained and reverted at the endpoint level. And what I see often is customers that, oh, AV wasn't enough, I'll add this to whitelist and blacklist. Uh, and there's a number of products out there. I'll add this product, and this will only allow for this. And then you have a layered uh, suite of products I see quite often that could be consolidated into one and simplify reporting, understanding, and what I call remediation and actioning. Uh, so that's often what I see at the end point. I'll, I'll take a story back from when I was at Nokia that, that we had um, – I remember the endpoint that we had. It, it, this, so this is, you know, back in 2009 or and before that is exactly that, right? We had, um, I, I can't tell you how many security icons we had that did different things, that, that implemented different things in addition to the Checkpoint VPN client, mind you. Uh, so, you know, and then when I get to Checkpoint, uh, it, the, all of, you know, all of that is now one thing, right? And and there's there's some value in terms of management of having all of that in a, in a, in a single source and also, um you know, because because it's great that all of you have all of those tools, but is it manageable? Is it is it uh, you know do the users know what it is? And you know, and, and then they get the perception that the security is slowing them down and causing problems and everything. And so it's a um, yeah, it, it's and and even when I was doing. Um, when I when I was doing security workshops, that was always, that was uh, that was a discussion point. Is is okay? What are you doing on the endpoint, and, and what data is there? It is, and, and what I see is customers. <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I've heard, I have McAfee, and and I'm dealing with it because they might hate EPO, right? EPOS, the orchestra. They may hate certain aspects, but over the years, they've gotten to a certain comfort level that oh man. We've gotten to here, so even trying to uplift or change can be a challenge, but that can be one of the greatest uh, capabilities of, of mitigating challenges for security within the network. Yeah, and and then then I know you're going to go to uh, mobile, which is which is its own kettle of fish. Yeah, so mobile. One of the things that that companies uh, underestimate is this, um, and, and I'll start with the challenges first, right? Um, users like and have fallen in love with their mobile devices uh, and companies take multiple approaches to how they uh, do this right i see what i call three different approaches um, and i'm not talking about wireless i'm talking about mobile devices or devices that have been issued uh, one is a uh, uh, byod so bring your own device policy in other words if it's a byod device it has to be registered and there's an Maybe a separate policy for issued devices, but there's two core things that need to be integrated into whatever policy uh, that happens to be done for a corporate network because mobile is the number one item that I see where there are gaps within networks. And, and the challenge is this. With a mobile phone or a mobile device, you can do almost everything you can with a PC. You can telnet, you can SSH, you can... Whether or not your company has designed for it to happen, you can put on a VPN client and likely get in unless specific measures are in place. So number one is this. I'm seeing uh, most companies do have some sort of MDM, what I call mobile device management. There may be a different policy for bring your own device versus um, uh, issued uh, mobile devices. 
uh, and we see products. Uh, yeah, there's a number of them that are out there. Intune is becoming more popular because of uh, Microsoft, but there's a number of products out there that perform that. But they really only protect what's on the device and, and, and may or may not provide containerization or separation. Uh, the number two failure that I see or challenge uh, on top of that is the fact that uh, on the mobile side, we quite often don't do protections above layer three, i.e. validating that this specific device is a, uh, uh, this specific application has come from a val verified store and that scanning per however the company requires it is being done for specific apps, for specific de destinations, and specific risks. In other words, everything that you would have uh, that would be related to uh, protections uh, like an AV scanner, etc., URL filtering, those protections are available for mobile and are simply required, especially in today's society. And, and more and more, most companies have those failures. Yeah, well, and and I think one one area where uh, you know companies are, are missing, right, is is an MDM is a great policy enforcement point, right? It, it's it's good at saying yes, this device can get in or not. Um, it's not so great at threat prevention, which is where something like a uh, you know a Sandblast Mobile uh, can help, and you can integrate with an MDM, and so you can tell the MDM, hey, this device has drifted out of compliance. You should probably uh, prevent it from accessing the the, uh, the environment, or, or or you know, and, and do whatever remediation steps. So it, these things work hand in hand, and so it's but it's but it's uh, and yeah, the kinds of threat prevention you can do at a mobile device are different because you don't have the same level of access to the operating system that you have with say Windows or Mac OS. So um, what you can do is a little bit different, but the goal should be the same, right? You want to you want to protect corporate data, and you also want to protect you know protect your own assets. And 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 increasingly, uh, people are using mobile devices for stuff, and so that's a uh, that's a that's a that creates its own issue, and, and be able to do it from anywhere. And, and you know, and we know how prevalent uh, mobile malware is. Correct. So, so again, this is just kind of a slice of pie when 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 doing workshops. Ours are one to two days, and we spend, you know, I, I call it up to 16 hours, and then even follow-up and looking into many other areas. And, and, again, much of it falling outside of what I call uh, product sales. Uh, it truly is matching a framework um, uh, to a specific, uh, to, to the business and understanding a life cycle uh, and, and helping a customer match their business to, what it's going to look like in three years and developing what I call, again, uh, the workshop experience gives uh, uh, that approach and methodology and a vision um, and explains that to, to, to what I call the A, B, and C bands. Yeah, and I think it's, yeah, the, so the security, yeah, the security workshop is really, um, yeah, it's it's to give you a, a roadmap that is that's validated and and um, it, it meets the business goals, right? Because because you know nobody's doing security for security's sake; they're doing it because it helps them achieve their goals, whatever those goals are. Correct. Again, uh, Dame, thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to Checkmates Go. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Give us a rating and review, and share with your colleagues on social media. Thanks for listening.